Welcome back to another episode of the Dark Room Podcast, the show where we talk about monsters, myths, and mayhem. Um, this week we have a special situation. Ryan's off at his honeymoon. He I got guess. married. He got married. Say congratulations. The scariest Kendall. thing that a person could do. <laughs> Jared, shut up. So on this I'll week we have I special. Want. Jared, shut up. Jared. Jared. Shut up. So on this week. We have a special guest from the Rum Runners podcast, Mr. Jared Huertes, also star I produce of... This, I produce this podcast. Also <laughs> producer of this podcast, also co-host of Talk Shonen. Hello, everybody. Also, he lives at... An apparently haunted house. And since Ryan is gone this week, we're going to go a little bit more lighthearted, and we're going to do some creepypasta readings, but... Something that we've done before. The catch is we've picked some of the lowest rated ones we could find. You're talking about out of 10 stars, less than four. Less than four. Three and two stories, two star stories only. Yeah. It's going to be great. <clears throat> Start this off. First. We are going to read <clears throat> Graham. Graham. From the Creepypasta website. You got to tell its score. It doesn't appear. It is a... 3.32 out of 10 stars on the Creepypasta website. I am trying to find the author in order to give him credit, but I do not see it. Oh, credit goes to Poodle in a Can. <laughs> All one word. Super scary. This is an old poem that kids used to sing during the Middle Ages. Its source is still unknown today. If you see a great tall man, don't worry, he is a friend. Don't ask him what his name, what is his name, for he will be your friend. If you have other good friends, don't worry, they won't matter. You are all that is greater, not them he shall befriend. You see him teeter on land, he never drinks from daddy's juice. You see him... You see him all to great joyce. He is so really grand. Don't ask about the hat that sits on his bald head. He won't ever tell you, tell Yath, why what? it is as soft as lead. What? You see him at the starshine. You won't at the skylight. Always you see him, always you see at night, but mostly at the moonshine you ask him what his name he doesn't say a yelp he asks for your for a kind help after that you will get the same he asks you a small favor kill your mom and so your dad Jesus Christ. but must give me a favor never tell about your lad if you peace your family you will hear what you waited. Through his mouth, you will rally words long asked and awaited. He will now say this soon. My name is really Graham, and I am fame. You know I am the moon. He will say he needs you, for he is not so done. You need not stop. He is not finished with you. The end. 
I'm highly doubting that that is an English poem. This is there's parts of this that were great. I feel like that was translated he directly never, from another language. He never drinks daddy's juice. <laughs> that's daddy's That's juice. good to know. You don't touch daddy's juice. But I I feel like that was a story that was originally in like Swedish. <laughs> and they, was like this is hard to translate, so I'm going to make up some words. Like they one to one Google translated that. <laughs> it wasn't very scary either. It I wasn't. I don't understand the low rating. Minus I don't understand the extra rating. I don't understand how it got to three. Yeah, that seems suspiciously high for something that sometimes didn't have real sentences in it. <laughs> yeah, some of those what sounded like reading errors, well, that was how that was written. Also, I I don't think there was any sort of rhyme scheme. There was, was at parts. Yeah, normally a rhyme scheme is throughout. And I, that was the scariest part. The scariest part was its disregard for the English language. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's what I was most terrified by. All right, well. We're gonna on go to on to one. go on to mine. Oh, you're taking our taking the thing, taking our, our our catchphrase. So the one that I will be reading. Uh I don't know who wrote this. I can't find it anywhere. Go to, go down. Go down to the bottom. It it has like a copyright thing for it. What? It didn't see. It says copyright. It doesn't actually have. Usually, there's a name still. Yeah, no name. It seems. But. The one that I have has a lower rating. Um, It is rated 2.43 stars out of 10. It is called Ghostly Gamblers Come and Wager Spooky Money on Casino's Entire Night. All right. The dead walks the night, and the spooky dealer serves nothing but aces. You may be wondering what the connection is between land-based casinos and ghostly nighttime visitors. But, my friend, there is indeed a frightening one. Land-based casinos are another name of slot machine handles noise. (laughs) Dealers dealing cards and gambling crowds visiting this table to that and applauding winning punters. But... Have you considered at night what happens inside casinos' closed doors when all the sounds and excitement get disappeared? Halloween may need a few more months to appear again, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to wait that long to entice yourself with spooky stories. So, now sit straight and enjoy some all-awakening tales of spooky gamblers. Bugsy Siegel's Spirit Las Vegas has a long history to tell. It was nothing but a small town situated in the Nevada desert before the 1930s. Thousands of workers appeared to build the Hoover Dam, putting the city... Dam. (laughs) Hoover Dam, putting the city for more brisk advancements. One of the men who were profited from this project was Bugsy Siegel. He was renowned as a notorious entity. During that period, he owned the famous Flamingo Hotel and Casino. Despite his death in 194 at Beverly Hills, plenty of people said they have seen him roaming around his casino and hotel. According to many, a suitable location to encounter Bugsy Siegel's ghost would be his memorial situated in the hotel's ground, presidential suite, at the casino floor. 
schools of Atlantic City. Before Easter, Seaboard's version of Las Vegas has been built out of the Atlantic City. Many grand hotels were nestled there, which were bulldozed for making the entrance of casino resorts. Chalfon Hotel, established in 1868, was among them, though its site was taken from the resort's international Atlantic City. Many guests, many guests have reported sensing a chilly feeling passing through them while they were at the hotel. At, that, at the time of the infamous Second World War, it was also the hospital for treating injured service members. Hence, many have also cited service members are roaming across the corridor wearing uniforms. Don't want to sit on the same chair that they sat on? Reluctant to have meetings with one such ghostly, ghostly guest while you are wagering money on your favorite gambling games? Avoid offline casinos and join, and join more intensified gambling action in popular online casinos. However, you can bring in the enticing, frightening ambiance even in there by, placing, by playing different spooky-themed slots. Along with Galora. I think this is an ad. Of other I'm images. so confused. Honestly, also, this is like more than one story. Yeah, there's a whole bunch in here. Um, This is a real bad one. <laughs> this is super bad. I'm like, I'm, I was so bored right away. I don't know what happened in the first two. Um, and then you were just reading an ad for online casinos. <laughs> you can make it spooky by playing different spooky themed slots. Along with a galore of other Still options. Still just reading an ad for an <laughs> online ghosts, ghosts of slot machines are best. As you know, they can't bite. Uh, do you want me to keep reading or do you want me to be done? I think there's only like two more little just, of these sub-stories. These ones are real bad. The Enchantment of Tropicana. Like the, like the orange juice? Yeah, of course. Ghost lovers would know that paranormal possessions don't only happen to live creatures, but also lifeless things. And this this story denotes just that. Yeah, it totally is. Told you. It's about some ancient spirits nestling within a tiki mask. Oh, nice. Above some orange juice. In the renowned Tropicana, Las Vegas, it was a popular fixture. Many incidents of people touch the mask and have unique and unexplained purple rashes all over their bodies. Another strange thing about the mask is it's often getting covered with a purple haze or gas hanging. Therefore, many times photographs of people taken with a mask were blurred or entirely out of focus. It sounds like there's like a gas leak and they just covered it up with the mask. That's what it seems like. A ghost in sight is a cause of fright. This should be the last one. Um, all of these stories are enough to make you look at your... Look at your b- <laughs> To make you look at your back several times if you stay at those hotels or enjoy gambling in those casinos. But we love spooky stories because we love to feel the fright. However, if you are not a ghost lover, but more into playing casino games, try your hands at an online casino. This is casino another ad. This is another ad. All right. No more of that. This, is, this one was just presented by creepypasta.com. It, we need to also say that we don't own any of the copyrights to these. We don't. Um. We're just we're just having fun with this one. Having fun reading. Just having some fun. Some reading reading some really, really bad, bad creepy boss. Oh my god, that was terrible. I hope you guys can have a terrible time enjoying this with us. That that was really that difficult one was ninety five percent online casino ad. <laughs> that was yeah. That was mostly... someone wrote an online casino ad and they were like, "What if we just put it on creepypasta.com dot com to see if we can get away with that?" 
Yeah, that was that was a bit much. You failed us, Jared. Hey, man. Failed. <laughs> you liked the title also. The title was just. Really we went long. with. I, I thought that was funny. I went with the rum runners approach to finding articles, but I did it with creepy pastas. <laughs> that is that is what is happening. This is the rum runners creepy pasta special on dark rum. On dark rum, yes. All right. The next story I have is a haunting entropy, which sounds sad. It is written by Will Browning and has a rating of 3.26 out of 10 from 19 votes on creepypasta.com. Oh, it was posted great. August 17th of 2017 in Madness, Paranoia, and Mental Illness. I guess there's categories. That's where this one was. Oh, yeah, the other one was in, like, Unsolved. Has an estimated reading time of 13 minutes. You decide. I don't I, I don't understand why it says you decide. <laughs> it. I decide if it's 13 minutes. Yeah, that, yeah. Depending on how fast you read it, you decide. I read slow because I like to do creepy voices for this. <clears throat> yes. There yet again, he found himself in front of his computer. Late at night, the wife asleep. His mind wandered to that wonderful conversation he had last with Heather, his favorite personality on an online MMORPG that he frequently plays. He wished to talk to her once again, so he sent her a message asking to join a Skype call. Roughly 15 minutes passed, and she finally accepted the call request. He eagerly closed out his current browser window, and call, and the call soon ensued. You can tell that this is old because it's not using Zoom. Uh, who waits for a call to go through for 15 minutes? Just imagine like calling somebody and it's just like ringing for 15 minutes. Dude's thirsty. He's got a wife asleep upstairs. Yeah, he's still thirsty. Go give her a back rub. Going back and forth, they discuss various things. The weather, as well as bitching about the time difference between them. And what each had done throughout the day. About an hour or so into the conversation, he groaned when he noticed the time. 3 a.m. Shit, this isn't good. He ignored the impulsive and silly fear of witching hour and continued the conversation with his Australian friend. Throughout the duration of the call, he heard what sounded like whispering coming from behind him. Dumbfounded, he abruptly got up from his chair to investigate. A disembodied voice quietly, almost whispering, at the lowest audible level, uttered two words. Leave her. Bob ripped his headset from his ears and furrowed his brow, anticipating anything at this point. A few more hours passed, and, and Heather eventually forced him to get to sleep. Seeing as the eight-hour time difference had quite obviously taken its toll on him, disgruntled and disappointed, Bob obliged with her said a quick goodbye and ended the call at roughly 4 a.m. That's just one hour, not multiple hours. He carefully powered down <clears> his computer <throat> and quietly made his way to the living room to plop down on the couch. Yep, because that's what you do instead of going to bed. Yeah, 4 o'clock in the morning. No point in trying to sleep, he thought. I have to leave for work in an hour anyways. Damn, bro. He decided. <laughs> he decided to pull out his cell phone and pass the time listening to some music. A voice from the back of his mind jolted him to attention. Music. He quietly laughed to himself, and then he realized it wasn't a voice. It is 
in his... He quietly laughed to himself and realized it wasn't a voice in his head, but the singer of one of his favorite bands blaring lyrics in his ears. He locked his phone, slowly stood up, and made his way to the bathroom to start his morning shower. He was listening to music and then got confused because the voice and the music... Was, was singing the, f- the lyrics. He was like, make up a way, What the fuck is that? Yep. He was taking a shower. <laughs> walking back to his bedroom to get his work clothes while the shower warmed up, he froze with terror when he got to the doorway. Standing there in front of him was Heather's purple-haired fox avatar. But noticing that it was <laughs> disturbingly different, he froze in his tracks. Wait a minute. Just walking in, and there's a fox internet creature it's standing like in front of you. There's a furry in front of you. That's not the scariest part. It's that it's different than when it's on the internet. Oh my goodness. She normally has blue eyes, and now it's the red. <clears throat> he froze in his tracks, paralyzed with fear. Instead of the purple hair, flamed. Instead of purple hair. Flames emitted from where its hair had once been. That's very different. Its eyes sockets, empty of eyes, replaced with crimson red orbs. Its skin deteriorated to the point of decay. Leave her, it bellowed loudly at him. He tried to utter a reply, but was too terrified to utter a sound. Leave her this instant. It screamed once again. Bob was speechless. He didn't know what to do. As if coming out of a trance, he blinked his eyes and did a double take and realized he was hallucinating. As it was his loving wife who was standing in front of him, not the hellish, terrifying entity of Heather as he had thought. Nice. That's just how he perceives Nice his metaphor. Wife. Heather is, a, is an attractive fox lady. His wife is a disgusting, flame-haired fox lady. Good morning, babe, she said while waking up, walking up to give him a kiss on the cheek. Both relieved and confused, he went. <laughs> he peed himself. <laughs> he was like, oh, man, my wife's not a fox monster. <laughs> he went to take a shower, and as he stepped over the hot water streaming from the shower head. He stepped over it? Stepped under. Oh. <laughs> stepped under the hot water streaming <laughs> from the shower head. He felt a surprising, surprisingly burning tingle sensation on his right shoulder. Yeah. It's so, called water. Hot water. Yeah. He screamed quickly in reply to the revelation as he lost his balance, slipped and fell. While scrambling to get back up, his wife knocked on the bathroom door in panic. Knock, knock, knock. Honey, did you get scared by the water? <laughs> Bob's ears began to ring loudly as if he had just been punched in the face. Yeah, because he just Cause you fell cracked down. your fucking skull. Men over 30, this is how we die. Yeah. Especially if you're overweight. It took him at least 30 seconds to <laughs> He's regain... He's definitely overweight. <laughs> took him at least 30 seconds to regain his composure. But he eventually did just that. Briskly hopping out of the shower to dry off and get dressed. He exited... He exited the bathroom. He exited... He exited the bathroom. I thought it was going to say excitedly, and I pre-read a word that wasn't there. I do that all the time. He exited the bathroom only to be greeted by a concerned look <clears throat> on the face of his companion. Hun, his are wife? you sure you're okay? Bob replied with a false answer of, yeah, just the lack of sleep getting to me. I am fine. I am fine. I am fine. <laughs> That's well, the response of someone who's definitely fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just fell down in the shower. I am fine. Definitely cracked my whole fucking face open. You see the blood? While eating the breakfast his wife had made him, his other half stopped what she was doing. 
She turned to face at her husband, who was screaming and had grabbed the plate from... from, from wait, what? Yo, there's some steps <laughs> missing in this story. Who was screaming and had grabbed the plate in front of him, smashing the plate on the floor. He stood up and backed himself into a corner while weeping. Brandy rushed to her husband. Babe, are you okay? What the hell is going on? Mad, but understandingly so, Brandy said with a hus- hushed tone in her voice. There's like three different... How do you... <laughs> how do you... Whisper mad and understandingly at someone. God damn it. God damn it, brother. I need you to focus. I need you to <laughs> I don't know why I named him Bradley. I think it said his name. It probably did somewhere. I think it's Bob because I've said Bob like a dozen times. Okay, so it's Bob. definitely Bob. That was close. I don't know what's wrong with me, hun. They both slowly stood up. Brandley wrapped her arms around him. Concerned for his well-being, she asked, Do you need to stay home today? Bob paused and replied, Nah, just the lack of sleep getting to me. <laughs> Bro. Nah. You saw your wife as a Firefox. Uh, huh. You got scared you by got, water? You, you saw your wife as a Firefox, burned yourself in the shower, and almost died. And then you threw your plate of food on the ground and cowered in a corner. I honest- it's not the lack of sleep at this point. Yeah, I honestly think that this when is he mental did that, breakdown. he grabbed it and just went, ah, <laughs> and just threw it straight down. What is this? I said waffles. These are pancakes. Ah. <laughs> yeah. He's not fine. Baffled, she said, <laughs> were you talking to that person on that online MMORPG again? Oh, she's jealous. Knowing she would be angry, he lied and said, no, sweetums. I was sorting out some papers for work. Bob works as a taxidermist. There's no papers. Wait, is that in the no, story? No, I just... Oh, okay. I was going to say. Imagine. <laughs> just like, damn, calling himself out. She sighed and said, well, you better get going then. You don't want to be late for work. They said work like 19 times. So many. Bob had a brisk pace in walking out of the door. To work. As he was not feeling himself... And needed some music. Don't do music again, man. He <laughs> needed some oh, music. Oh, yeah, we forgot about the fact that he got scared by his <laughs> own music. Needed some music to tune out the unusual things he was experiencing. <laughs> that was me. Okay. The likes of Linkin Park, Three Days Grace, Metallica, blaring through his truck speakers. These are not the things you want to listen what? to when you're losing. This was like, it specifically said those bands? Yes. He smiled. A few minutes later, he arrived at work. Should I tell her? Should I come clean and confess? He thought as his thoughts turned to work. No, not yet. He stepped out of his truck. He made it cheating. (laughs) Yeah, he made it cheating. He stepped out of his truck, locked it, and walked into the place he knew as his job. Was it not his job? (laughs) Uh, Not anymore. It once was. An employee. uh, 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 A employee. A employee. An employee, you know. No, a employee of decades. A employee of a decades old auto repair repair shop. What the the fuck paperwork was he doing? Before he started walking, he pulled out a pack of marble 83s and proceeded to light the cigarette that was wistfully hanging from between his lips. Morning, dickhead! One of his co-workers stated as Bob walked (laughs) into the front office after finishing his smoke. Before he walked into the office, he flipped the bird at the co-worker who had so eloquently greeted him. Here you go. Got three tickets that need printing 
And another one. Three wait- tickets to paradise. Waiting to be written up outside. Bob nodded to, in reply to his boss. Oh, and tell Fat Body out there to shut up. There what? are customers here. Bob grinned and said, I'll pass it along, as he walked out of the office. Before assuming his role as cashier, general customer magnet, he approached Reynolds, the idiot that had greeted him that morning. Boss man said, shut the shit up. There's customers around. Reynolds bumped his head on the hood of a car he was working on and nearly fell over trying to regain his balance. Yeah, sure, whatever, man. Bob inched closer to Reynolds' work area. Are you smoking reefer back here? (laughs) Bob asked, surprised at the smell he detected. Nope, customer brought it in here like this. I take pills. I don't smoke jack squat. So much better. Bob furrowed his brow in response. Eh, sure, whatever's right. I don't want to stand around and smell that shit. Reynolds did not reply as he had already gone back to what he was doing. This was written by a 17-year-old. Shh. He's like, I don't smell that shit. Shitty shit. Smell shit. Shut your mouth. Going through the daily motions of his job, he noticed the clock. It read 1.15 p.m. Great. Only a few hours left. Can't what? Wait. <laughs> he just got there. He just got there. He went to bed at 4 in the morning. He woke up an hour later. That's 5 in the morning. He So he could get ready for work, work. At, at 1 o'clock? <laughs> yeah. He just got there. His bo- He did one thing. His boss told him to tell someone to shut up. Because of something that they said first thing in the morning. And then when he spoke to him about it, it was the middle of the afternoon. Yo, Bob needs to get his shit together. Was he he, just staring into space for half of this day? I think he just lied about what time he needed to be there. He got way more sleep than he said he did. Yeah, lies. Great. Only a few hours left. Yeah, like nine or eight or seven. However many hours you work. (laughs) <laughs> Can't wait to get home and relax with Brandy, he thought. Nah, you want to cheat on your wife so bad with the internet lady. Wait, is that in there? Because no, that actually no, would have no, been no, good no. writing. This is what the part where he talked about cheating on his wife with the internet lady? Yeah. No, it's not. That would have been good. Just the part about when hanging out with his wife. The work day coming to a close, he assisted the other members of the shop in closing the place down. Got in his truck and started his drive home. He anticipated pulling up to his house and being greeted by his wife. But this would not be the case. He finally arrived home, powered down his truck, while in park, and stepped out. Please don't power down your garage, Paul. It's not in park. <coughs> That's dangerous. That's how accidents happen. What the hell? It looks like a hurricane went through here, he said as he walked into the living room. His wife entered the room, and in an angered state, walked into the back of the house. Babe, what's going on? Bob said as he tried to figure out what happened here just moments before he arrived. Brandy ignored him and walked into his office work area and started to unplug his computer. Stunned, he exclaimed, what the fuck are you doing? Before anything else could be said, she hurled his computer display at him. Not being able to react to the the monitor, struck Bob's head and neck with a loud thump before crashing to the floor despite Bob's desperate... Attempt to catch the device. You piece of shit. I knew you damn I knew you were damn well lying to me, Brandy said in a harsh and resonating tone. She continued as Bob attempted to get up while fu- in a fuzzy state. This Heather, this bimbo you've been talking to, are you even sure it's a woman? It could be a guy for all you know. 
Bob cringed, realizing that it could very well be true. Shut up, damn it. Do you realize what kind of stress I'm under at work? You are a cashier at an auto mechanic shop. Yeah, none. None stress. You're under none stress. Your boss asked you to do one thing. The hardest part of your day was telling someone else to shut up for being rude in front of customers. And you smelled something weird. That was your whole day. Brandy took a step back and attempted to be as calm as possible in replying. She threw a computer at him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're so stressed out about it, why don't you just tell me? I'm your other half, babe. I'm always here for you. Bob slowly walked towards Brandy, but while in the process of stepping towards her, something kept... Something kept him from progressing towards her any further. That's the concussion. The concussion stopped him. The double concussion. What's wrong, she said. Or it's what he presumed to be Brandy speaking, although in truth it was not her or anything physically close to him for that matter. You don't need to lie to her anymore, my dear. Startled Bob froze in place. He turned his head to the left in an attempt to find the source of the voice. And then to the right, nothing. The Firefox. Not even a shred of physical presence other than Brandy and himself occupying the kitchen. Wait, wait, wait. they were all the way inside. I thought he was Where in was his, his office. computer? Where's his office? Is his office the dining room? You don't have to scream into a pillow anymore. You don't have to bite your tongue around her. Just hit her. Beat her to death. Pawn off everything, including your soul, for forfeit. Just after this comment was made, Bob shook his head and popped his neck to relieve the minor headache that had just started getting worse when he got home. Well, he got hit in the face. He got hit in the head twice today. Not having the energy to say or do anything, he got some things together and started walking back towards his truck. The whole time this is going on, Brandy slumps down into a corner to cry about the sudden outburst. Where are you going, hun? Bob resisted the urge to snap his wife's neck and stop. <laughs> I am going. <laughs> this is a weird fight. This she's throwing computers weird. at him, and then and she's, then she's calming like, down. I'm calm now. And then she's like, where are you going? And she's like, I just made you realize that you might be cheating on me with a dude. She's like, honey, baby, I love you. Honey. Honey, baby, baby, honey, whoa. I'm going to spend the rest of the night elsewhere. I can't be here right now. He turned, looked, and pointed at the rusty green ammo can his grandfather gave him years ago. There's about a gram of decent cushion there. Smoke some and then call me in the... <laughs> Wait, what? what? I thought he wasn't about that life. Yeah. Smoke some and call me in the morning. He got that from his grandfather? I love you, babe. Brandy looked up at Bob with tears in her eyes and said nothing. She looked at the current occupant of the can with her, her husband mentioned and got up. Walked over to the can, pick up the can, grabbed the marijuana out of it, and looked towards the back porch. Are these when stage she, directions? I don't know. When she looked back in the direction of where Bob had been standing, she gasped. There was no one there. Bob was already outside. What? The door. Yeah, obviously, he was walking outside. He with walked his outside. Shit. He went, Go smoke that weed. The door closed quietly behind him as he made his way to his truck. These are easily scared individuals. While walking towards his truck. Bob was suddenly halted by a sudden blast of ice-cold air. Confused as to why there was an arctic cold air coming from nowhere during a hot summer evening deep within the southern United States. Well, now we know where he's from. He turned around, and his expression immediately turned to one of pure horror. No, 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 Bob froze, as if he was encased in ice. You are not real. You can't be. He haphazardly shouted at the ghastly entity that manifested itself before him. Oh, 
But I am, Bob. I am more attuned to the reality than you might to reality than you might think. The thing was completely see through, an ethereal abomination that should not be able to make itself known to on what? Hold on. <laughs> what in the run off? Let me try sense? that again. Oh, but I am, Bob. I am more attuned to reality than you might think. The thing was completely see through, an ethereal abomination that should not be able to make itself known on the plane of existence. It spoke once again while hovering in place, just in front of Bob's position. Now that you and that ungrateful wrench, wench, are no more, you and I are now capable of living in an uninterrupted bliss. Lacking his sanity, Bob dropped to his knees. He finally uttered something. But how? How am I seeing you here and now? The devilish and eerie nature of this scene made Bob uncomfortable, one hand propping him up while the other hand desperately searched for the handle to his driver's side door to his truck. He is not in any shape to drive. Nothing but silence for about a minute until the beastly apparition decided to explain itself. Angry Bob shouted at the top of his lungs, straining with his windpipe in doing so. Tell me right now, damn it. Tell me. This shit isn't possible. What the fuck? The entity did not approach appreciate this it hovered over to the i do not appreciate you it hovered over to within a few inches of bob the deranged man started to levitate above the ground with an unworldly creature of it of the metaphysical struggling to breathe bob was instantly silenced you quell your tongue when you are in my presence after this almost within a matter of seconds the ordeal was over the belittled wife came outside and got Bob's attention. What the hell are you doing out here? Why have you not left yet? You Wasn't she upset that he was leaving at first? Who were you screaming bloody murder at earlier? Instead of trying to explain the situation he got in his truck and drove away, Bob decided the next step would be to check in at the closest hotel and sleep on the matter at hand. Yeah, he's been up for like probably 24 hours at this point. Maybe I can get a gra- better grasp on things tomorrow. When I'm not so exhausted, he said out loud to no one in particular. After paying at the front desk and receiving a key to the room, Bob made his way to his room and threw his old army duffel bag in the corner of the room and flopped onto the bed for what he hoped would be a restful night's sleep. His cell phone rang. He immediately silenced it and plugged it into the charger. It was it was Trey, his token pothead of a friend. Bob didn't really have the energy or patience to deal with his stoned antics and slurred speech. He decided it would be best to just call him in the morning. He quickly climbed into bed and threw his head on bed. Is this is this author anti marijuana or pro marijuana? I don't I can't know. Tell. I don't know. He quickly climbed into bed and threw his head back onto the stiff hotel pillow. Promptly he fell asleep. Is there a lot more? Yes. There's many much more. Um, and now I've lost my place. Can we can we fast forward to the end? No. It's 9-0. No, I lost my place. <laughs> I lost my place. I lost my place. Could be like, ah, oh, he woke up, and afterwards he went, my life sucks, checked himself into a hospital, and that was the end. Shut the fuck up. Please. This is a great story. We're at 35 minutes already. I'll read the last paragraph. <laughs> there we go. After all the crap Bob just went through being at a hotel. Oh, shit. There's corpses now. 
I need to know more. <laughs> I'm just going to skip a couple paragraphs. Okay, yeah. It snowed nice this time of year in hell. Heather's wicked form exclaimed. Her devilish crimson's eyes, crimson's, 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 her devilish crimson eyes piercing into Bob's withered soul. Her Bob, Christmas who is now eyes. barely clinging to life, said nothing. He falls towards the earth and rolls over on his back. He feels a numbing sensation to overtake his body and begins to levitate about the dirt. Any last words, my dear? Bob struggles and utters just one line. Fuck you. That is all. <laughs> Heather chuckles. <laughs> Fuck you. That is all. And you wanted me to completely skip this. And then begins to speak. Even in the face of death, you hold nothing back. Foolish but brave. With a loud snap, the demonic, unnatural creature breaks Bob's spine. His body falls to the street, blood starting to occupy the ground near Bob's lifeless body. But Heather was not satisfied with this minor display of violence. She was going to touch his pee He's dead as fuck. She was going to touch his pee-pee. She took his corpse and ripped it in two separate pieces. I have succeeded. I have consumed his soul. My everlasting vortex of damnation. <laughs> Heather took the two separate chunks I love of Bob's the exposition. And tossed one to the right and the other to the left and held his head. Wait, that's three pieces. <laughs> that's all I was going to say. I'm like, um. And held his head in her teeth and then disappeared in what seemed like an instant. And then he was fine. Having both heard the loud noise of what they had, th- what they thought to be a car accident, Trey and Brandy both dropped what they were doing and started walking towards the scene. The evening sky now painting a much more dimmed backdrop. Trey, stop! Brandy uttered in a shocked tone, like, "What, man?" Trey uttered, a joint between his fingers. Trey came to a stop, and his eyes found what Brandy was talking about. His best friend was in pieces in front of him, his head nowhere in sight. Blood and remains were everywhere. Brandy kneeled down next to what appeared to be Bob's legs and reached into the back pocket of his pants. Her hand found his wallet. It's really him, Trey. What the hell? Why? <laughs> Should it check his ID? I would love to assume that, her, that she said it that way. This is him, Trey. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what the hell? Why? Brandy started to sob uncontrollably. Trey felt numb and confused. The tragic sight of what was... The tragic sight they were left with will now haunt them forever. Forever. I like forever. the fast forward. Forever. You didn't, like, you didn't like any of the part of him being in the middle? Hey, there was a car accident. You... Bitch, you ungodly <laughs> spawn of hell. Nope, nope. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna keep on moving on, because this is a long episode now. The fact that you survived this incident means nothing. Your life is still forfeit. Okay. Also. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're we're gonna go on. We're gonna go on. Okay. You ready? Ready for the last thing? Oubliette. Oubliette. By Derek Schindler. It's got 3.88 stars out of 10. Oh, creepypasta.com. Estimated reading time on this one is seven minutes. We shall see how that goes. No nine zero. Wee. In silence, a final, tranquil silence, the village of Kale Dane sat. This wasn't so remote, really. Only miles from the seat in Lincoln, and near enough to the sea for a, a nice fog of misty translucence, a blue light. This way, the place was in the morning. 
they had they had back at least one of the missing villagers, the youngest, Mina. She had come home after vanishing months before. It was a miracle. St. Martin stood over this village. People thanked him for returning the child. A strange buzzing agreed. It was the bees. Was there a voice that spoke from the roof of the chapel when people thanked St. Martin? That was also a miracle. Somehow the darkness was here with her, had followed Mina home. St. Martin wasn't buzzing and responding from the roof of the chapel. Mina shuddered to think of who, or rather what, it might be. St. Martin. It was definitely St. Martin. Uh, They would put her back into the asylum in Lincoln. She didn't want to go back there. Medieval insane asylums of this realm were not fun. Mina stared out of her bedroom window and wondered if she should try a different god, if god was okay with with that thing sitting on the roof of the chapel. Nobody could see it up there. It managed to stay well hidden from sight. But it was up there, near unrest. Mina knew it, and it made her tremble in fear. There was a boy at her window. Two of them. Ew. Boys from the village. They believed her because they had seen something awful when they stared too long at the chapel from a vantage point. Something was there. That was not right. Oh, something was there. That was not right. Don't put the com- <laughs> don't put the comma there. That was an improper use of a something comma. Something was there. That was not right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not where you want to put a comma. Uh something that was something was there that was not right. She said so. <laughs> she had said so, and they had come now at dusk to ask. They had a lantern for the way home after dark. You want me to tell you what happened to me? The whole story, Mina asked them. Her audience said nothing. They had sneaked out from their cottages with that thing out there, needing to know. The risk was worth finding out what it was. It was talking to people and had done so for weeks now. Ever since Mina had first returned, strange things had happened. Now that she was back from the asylum, the strangeness had escalated. So these people are hearing voices, but she needs to go to an asylum? Is is what I'm getting? Is she going to the asylum or is she coming from the asylum? A little bit of both. Was it dangerous? My tale is simple, Mina told them her her story. What? (laughs) She wasn't a good storyteller. Yeah, but her story was true, and true stories are always good. (laughs) In terror, the boys fled home with their lantern blazing an orb of light. They didn't tell the story. That's that's, that's bad storytelling. Mina stared again at the chapel of the village, a vigil in the silence. In night ever-changing, the moon and stars swing around and around, but it seems slow to man, not to others, not to them. She had gathered berries, green, blue, old berries, very sweet ones that grew in the primordial vale still. Some things were left over here next to a frontier forest. The village itself was by no means remote. The whole world was simply locked amid the domains of man, encroaching where even his his own foot hath not fallen. This is a weird like language to be written in, and it was a simpler, more unexplored region of a slightly quaint realm. Therefore, unicorns, white sleek shades of the forest did remain. Those that were quiet enough here did see them. 
a gentle woodsman, unarmed, might see one. Unarmed was important. For a bow they knew, despite their untamed and innocent corner, surrounded on all sides by man's farmlands and castles, they were intelligent, could speak if they, cho- if they chose. They lived very long lives, an old species of the world as old as time. Antediluvian. What? What's a diluvian? I think it's a unicorn. Or, in this case, just a girl picking berries. She tried to follow it into the dark bowers. What's happening? Nobody knows. <laughs> is this like in Middle Earth or something? Is this like like in like the Lord of the Rings? Like what the fuck is going on? She tried to follow it into the dark bowers of its domain, the cool and silent forest. The trees here were ancient and untouched. She was already in the forest before, but a much younger forest where people had come and gone for thousands of years, and there were berries and game. This place was ignored. Nobody wanted to come here or had the courage. The world was still too young for this place, even now in the medieval. What? We're in the medieval right now. Go back. The voice of the creature was not human. It was a whisper. Sorry. Go back. (laughs) It was a whisper, and it was feminine, but it was not a human voice. The unicorn stared at her its presence like a cold splash of water so surprising. It was not entirely pleasant to behold, however. Time and destruction had tainted it, and its single horn was a twisted alicorn. Spiraling and straight like a sword from its forehead, its shadow was a light gray as as if it didn't entirely catch the light. Dust motes sparked around it, unable to touch it, and its eyes glimmered discreetly as it shimmered like a white veil, and was then gone. Unicorn, Mina said after that. She ate some berries and then turned to go back, as it had commanded. <laughs> A unicorn. Every <laughs> time. Time to go home. Um, it was already too late. She wasn't sure how fast or, cr- or cruel or from what direction, but a blow struck her and flung her against a tree. Not a happy camper. This denizen of the domain, huge and brown, a flat face and and intelligent eyes, it could eat her, but had witnessed the unicorn interacting with this human and chose to do no further harm. Aside from throw her against a fucking tree, she might die, but it was not going to try any harder to kill her. It scooped up the basket of berries to take take with it, holding it in its claws. These are my berries, bitch. (laughs) This was a berry jacket. I do not mean you harm, except for the harm that I caused you. But your berries are mine. Don't touch my fucking berries. Trick's rabbit here. With restraint, it lumbered away, growling almost poetically, bear-like and massive. Mina's eyes closed. She heard none of the calls from the villagers as they searched for her. The villagers must be like, yo, Mina, you always going missing? We're going to stop looking for you. Old Were Seth- there insane asylums in medieval times? I don't know. I thought they just immediately thought you were a witch. Old Seth the Miller found her and instead of returning her, took her body home. Nice. Thinking she was dead. Mm. When she was not dead, this he didn't have the heart now. to kill her. So he left her laying in a pit in the cellar of his cottage. What? Then- <laughs> How is burying someone alive better than murdering them? I don't know. Then he resumed his normal functions around the village the next day, telling nobody that he found her. Then old Seth, ke- then old Seth kept Mina in his cellar, and each night he would come to see her, 
to come to see if she had died of starvation yet, he grew impatient. One day, he brought in the body of Brenner, dragging the man down his steps. From the pit, Mina could see part of his of this action. Then she heard the most awful noises, grunting and slurping, squishing noises. Ugh. Something terrible was happening. One day, a chair fell into the pit from above for no apparent reason. She started to climb out, then heard all these terrible noises. The same gurgling sounds, all squishing and bumping the table that was with the chair she had used to climb out. This story is moving at a million miles an hour. Mina was afraid. What could it be? She peeked up and it stopped making noises. She wasn't sure what she was looking at. She gathered her courage and climbed the rest of the way out of the pit. Then she, then she crawled weakly towards it to see what it was. A vague dread was in her heart of what it might be. So strange it sat there on the floor, pulsing and throbbing evilly. A moment of severe terror gripped Mina and she was speaking of what it might be before it tore her mind apart in such awfulness as what she was seeing. She said, I of the pit as witness to this as they eat the body as a, as a larvae, then a pupae, transparent, hard, translucent shell, what? dry, hard case, but with the glowing greenish, yellow, gold, brown, crust, soupy mess, skeleton bones inside it grows to this huge, gross cocoon. That is that is a shopping list? <laughs> what? That is one sentence. <laughs> no commas. Read it again, because I have no idea what you said. I said, I of the, this is what Mina said, I of the pit as witness to this, as they eat the body as a larvae, then a pupae transparent, hard translucent shell, hard, dry hard case, but with the glowing greenish yellow golden brown crust soupy mist skeleton bones inside it grows to this huge gross cocoon. But her mind did not break after that. <laughs> For she was running wildly around the cellar of the cottage when old Seth came down. It, and it began to hatch. Both humans watched in fascination as it hatched into a red wasp with white stripes. It stretched its wings, flicking embryonic substances, and then began hovering. Not your day, not your day. It spoke to the this man and the girl. This is real postmodernist writing right yeah. here. Yeah. It looked at them, and it could speak. Its evil insect face had great vicious mandibles and merciless wet compound eyes that dripped a black syrup. You used to say that to me, the girl said, laughing. Quiet, the man ordered. He felt for his key ring. They were all locked in, they were all locked in down here in his cellar. He then went for his dagger, but the wasp was quicker. It tackled him. Uh, and with an insect appendage that odd, that looked oddly like a human hand, it took the dagger and stung him with it in the shoulder. With the dagger? That's called stabbing. <laughs> see me stab the shit out of this? I mean, you I see me stung, sting this guy? You see I me stung sting the shit guy? out of that guy with my knife. Stung that guy so good, man. Shit. What the? The acid! Use the acid! The man told the girl. She got a beaker of acid from the table where it was conveniently placed with the cutting implements. She threw it onto the creature, burning it. Some of the acid got onto the man. That was fun! Mina laughed. What? The steam of the corrosive reaction was a cloud around its thorax. Why won't you die? Why won't you just die already? The creature wondered in repetition of what the man had frequently said to the girl. She walked over and took, and took his key ring. Goodbye! Mina squinted playfully at him. Help me, Seth begged. Nobody can hear you. Nobody can hear you down here, the creature reminded it. Then it stung him with a knife. 
Uh, Mina started to walk past the pit. Seth gripped her ankle as the venom coursed through him. Mina swung down. The venom has... Wait, the what? There's venom in the knife. The okay. hand knife has venom? Yeah, and the hand dagger has venom. Uh, Mina started walking past the pit. Seth gripped her ankle as the venom coursed through him. Mina swung down into the pit. Tripped? <laughs> Wait, what? It says swung down and then says tripped? Yeah. It says swung down into the pit. Tripped. Uh, She still held the key. Seth had a death grip on her ankle and held her there, dangling face first. His arm hung down into the darkness of the pit. Above the creature had paralyzed him, but he was not dead, and he could still feel its attacks. The wasp started started to dissect him with the dagger, and it was buzzing evilly as it did this. Then, when it found the organs, it started to chew with its mandibles, all violently. Um, as it ate, all violently, and all shit. violently and shit. Um, as it ate him alive, the body jerked like a stake getting sawed by a dull steak knife. Mina felt the biting and pulling and tugging what? and jerking as the arms. What kind swag- of description is that? <laughs> I don't know. Who describes shit that way? Um, as the arms swung and thrust her into the dark. Uh, Would the hand release her ankle? It did. And she plummeted face first into the pit, and then she knew no more. When she awoke, she felt the cake of dried blood on her crown. She climbed free of the muddy pit and found that blood from the body had dried on her head. She had no mark. The the dead guy. Um, She had no mark, but the fall had restored her by taking her recent memories. She ignored the body in the dark, too disoriented to realize. Okay, so she lost her memory, but she was like, oh, dead guy, I don't care. And it just kept going. Whose <laughs> blood is this? That's crazy. Whose eaten corpse is that? Some part of her was unconcerned for old Seth for some reason. Fuck that guy. Curiously, the wooden door had gotten smashed through with tools found around the, t- the basement. Smart enough to use tools, but not, f- but not to find the keys. <laughs> That's part of it. Smart enough to use tools, but not enough to find the keys. Uh, maybe it was just having too much fun smashing stuff. Whatever it was, parts of her memories that made no sense, flashes and feelings, starvation, weakness, suffering, and then something terrible down there in the darkness. Mina walked home. That's it. Nice. What? I don't know what this story was. Did it start at the end? Unicorn that almost murdered a girl. I think it started at the end. I think they they Quentin Tarantino'd it. Like they started with the her coming home and like the people that had been missing. And then she told the story, but it wasn't the story because then the story got told at the end, which was actually the beginning. And then apparently she's psychotic. I don't know. I'm just filling time. This is your show. You continue. We don't have any more, but uh, however you end the show. Cut all of what you just said. Because that was dumb. You were playing on your fucking phone. I was just waiting for... I was like, wait, what is happening? No, I was literally just like, he's just, he's just talking now. You're playing on your phone. I am playing on my phone. Anyway, well... I almost introduced the show again. <laughs> she walked home. She walked home. Just as we all do every now and then. No. <laughs> Not just as we all do. And I think everybody can learn on moral. Never steal a unicorn's berries. <laughs> it wasn't the unicorn. Whatever. This has been another episode of the Dark Rum Podcast. I'm Kyle. 
That's Jared. I'm not Turtle. He's not here normally. Um, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts. We are everywhere you find podcasts. Everywhere. You can also look us up on our website at rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com where you can listen to all our episodes as well as as well as rumrunners podcast episodes and talk shonen as well as those but you could also find our merch store and you can join and become a patreon for our great shows um and we would love you forever and you could become our best friends or my good friend or jared's good friend um you can also find us on instagram and twitter at rum pod that's the wrong show. <laughs> it's you can at find Dark us. Rum Podcast. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dark Rum Podcast. Or you can f- email us any creepy stories, any creepypastas you've written, any ghost stories, anything creepy that's ever happened to you Honestly, in your life. The, the worse, the better. At darkrumstories at gmail.com. Stay scary, people. And write better. And let's never hope Jared's on this show again. I'm awesome. I'm